makes me wonder the most is a person that's unsaved is going to say, no big deal. I don't care if I'm annihilated. No big deal. Uh, you know, there's, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be tormented. So why do I want to go and tell you? Most of them say, well, it's going to be party. Well, that, that, is, that, is one, that is one argument that traditionalists level against conditionalists. If we take eternal conscious torment away and we tell people you're not going to be tormented forever and ever and ever, there's no impetus for them to follow Christ, okay? Now, I want to say a number of things about that, and I don't even really know where to begin. But, right, so, but let me begin here. How many of you use eternal conscious torment in your evangelism? Uh, do you guys, as Gideons, do you all... If it came up, but I'm talking about in your evangelism, do you, do you tell people, trust Christ? Well, I mean, I've shared my faith a lot, right? I don't ever talk about eternal conscious torment. I talk about be separated from God, but I don't ever use the fact that you're going to be eternally conscious. Even when I believed it, I did not use it. And here's another thing that's really eye-opening if you think about it. Nowhere in the book of Acts do you ever find, nowhere in your Bible do you ever find believers, our, our forefathers in the faith, you do not see them using eternal conscious torment as, as, a, as a leverage to, to cause people, help them believe in Christ, okay? You don't, you don't find that. But, but the second thing I want to say about it is that I would, I would take exception with what you just said. I think we're afraid of death. I, I don't think I don't think people want to die. I think people cling to life. They don't want to die. So I, you know, some people might, uh, in fact, the Greeks, the Greeks used to say, give me torment. I don't want death, right? The, the Greeks from Plato on, those guys, they used to say, eternal conscious torment is so much better than not existing, than, than, than not being anymore, right? And, and so I, I think it, it, a lot of it depends on the person. Uh, but I think all of us innately are, are, want to live. I think we want to live. And, and I think um, that, you know, conditionalism that says that the, the eternal punishment of God is maybe suffering. And here's a way of looking at death, right? I could go home tonight and, and get in bed with Anne, and an hour later I could have a heart attack in my sleep and die and, and never feel a thing, never know anything, never go through the terror of death. I've died in my sleep, right? And, and probably all of us are saying, well, that would be a nice way to die, okay? Or tonight, Ann and I could go home, and there could be a fire underneath my house, and Ann and I burn up in our bed, burn, burned alive, and we die that way. Man, one of those deaths has a lot more suffering attached to it. Agreed? One of those ways is I'm going to die. One of those deaths is going to be a whole lot more suffering attached to it. But at the end of the day... I'd be just as dead both ways, right? And, and so the, the, the Bible, the, I think, conditionalism, I, I don't necessarily agree, Sue, that, that people are not afraid to die. Oh, give me death. I'm just, you know, I'm not going to be tortured. Whatever. I don't think most, most people out here in the world, they, they don't even believe in eternal conscious torment. They don't even believe in God. They're just materialists, and they believe, you know, they, they, they're not willing to attribute. They, they look at creation, and they say there is no creator. They're not afraid of eternal conscious torment. They're not thinking they're going to... Do what now? It makes you wonder why they're afraid to die. They've got to 
Because, because I think innately we all know we've got to face God. I think that, right? I think innately we know that. But, but we also, we don't want to die. I, I mean, I, I don't speak for y'all. I don't want to die. I want to live. And, and I, even, even knowing that Christ is mine. Now, I've got to tell you, the things that I'm going to be sharing with you in the last four weeks have, have really kind of changed me in a, in a lot of ways. I can't explain it, but, but you're right. It, it, you know, death is just not quite as, I don't know what it was. It was just so mysterious for me. And I guess that was, you know, the unknowing of it. But I, don't, I still don't want to die. I don't want to die. And the, so, so, so when it comes to evangelism, if conditional, conditionalism is true, then I think, I think there is a little bit of switch in our, in our evangelism. So our evangelism is about helping people see the goodness and glory that God has prepared for us in the future, as opposed to saying, follow God, because if you don't, he's going to put you in a fire and burn you for the rest of your life, or he's going to put you in a little room over here and isolate you for the rest of all eternity. Instead of saying, follow God for that reason, follow God because, listen, he loves you. And he's got this world that he's created for us. And I know it's hard to believe, but you're going to rise from the dead. You're, you're going to live again, and you're going to live, and you're going to have an opportunity to live with your loved ones. I've told some of you this, but... Um, this past summer, uh, we, we go to the beach every, every year as a family, and, and there's a beach week before the beach week, and that's for me and my three brothers, so there's a, us four brothers. And as you know, I have a brother now who's pretty much embraced, he's rejected Christ completely. He would say he's an agnostic, doesn't know whether God exists or not, but we're sitting on the beach this year, and, 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 and I tell him, and I say, I want, I want to paint a picture of you, because this is what I believe is going to happen. I said, I believe there's coming a day when God's going to raise us from the dead. And I think he's going to raise you and me and our family all in the all in the same context, right? I think he'll raise Paul and all of them in the context. He's going to raise all of us in the context, in the same context. And he's going to give life to you, Stephen. You're going to live again and you're going to be able to feel and you're going to have been dead and now you're going to live and you're going to be alive. And, and it's really not, anyway, I don't want to go there, but it's, it's, you're going to be alive again and you're going to stand there for the judgment bar of God and you're going to see your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sister-in-laws, and your nieces and nephews that you love, and you're going to see them be given immortality and eternal life and be ushered into God's absolutely incredible creation. And Steve, and you are going to die. You're going to be cast into the lake of fire, and you will die. And you will gnash your teeth. You will gnash your teeth. But you'll gnash your... He's not going to gnash his teeth in pain, or he may, but he's going to gnash his teeth really in anger. He's going to gnash his teeth in anger at himself. He's going to gnash his teeth at, at what he has just lost, where all of us will receive um, immortality in life of God. So, so I, you know, that's how I would answer that, that statement that, that, hey, if we take away eternal conscious torment, then there's no impetus for people to follow Jesus. I think there's an incredible impetus to follow Jesus, and I don't even really think we use eternal conscious torment anyway. Uh, you know, very few of us do. And, uh, you know. Any other questions? Yeah, God is about love. And so many churches either choose God or you choose eternal damnation. But I think we can bring them in by love and by showing God's love instead of the threat of, you know, torment. And well, that's what I think most of us do, Mona. Most of us use the love of God as the reason why people should follow God. But we don't really talk about eternal conscious torment. We talk about being separated from God, that we're going to be separated from God. And that is true. I absolutely believe that. Whether you're, conscious, uh, whether you're a conditionalist or whether you're a traditionalist, we, we, we both, uh, both folks see 
the penalty of sin as being separation from God. It's separation in death or it's separation in, in torment, right? Uh, but we, we all believe you're going to be separated from God. So, but I don't think we use, we, I think you're right, Mona, that all of us use the love of God as our main impetus for trying to win people to Jesus. It's, it's that God loves us and wants to be with us. Well, no, I think the threat of hell has won a lot of people. I, I think it has, but I, I don't necessarily think, like I said, I, you, you're going to search your Bibles high and low and not find it. You'll not find in the Bible where they're using eternal conscious torment as a, as a pry bar to help people trust in Christ. You're not going to find that. You will, you will see the Bible talk about the judgment of God, you know. Uh, you will see the Bible talk about death, all right, but, but you will not see eternal conscious torment as a tool used by our early forefathers in the faith to... Uh, now, from, from 450 on, that's a different story, right? I mean, men, men preachers, a lot of us have been using... And, and for, actually, until the middle of last century, actually, people used hell all the time as, as, a, as a pry bar to get people to, you know... And we've, all heard the, we've all heard of, or maybe you've even heard, the evangelists who come in and paint this picture of eternal conscious torment seeking to get people to trust in Christ. But I, I don't think many of us use that. And I don't think there's too many preachers that use that anymore like that. So. I just say that I didn't mean I would do, use that. No, no, I know. People inherently feel like they're afraid to face the judgment of God. They might not know what that judgment looks like or what it does consist of, but they're afraid to face the judgment of God. I don't think any of us know exactly what it's going to be like. No, I totally agree with that, Sue. I very much agree that there is innately in every one of us a sense that we'll have to answer to God, and, and, and there's, a, there's a little... I mean, the, the, God's, God's put the knowledge of himself in us, right? So we know that, right? And, and people are... But I'm not sure people... I'm not sure lost people out here are necessarily thinking eternal conscious torment. <laughs> Only if they grew up in the church. And, and I'm serious. When I was 17 years old, it was part of the reason why I said, I better do something about it. Right, and and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that God, that the Spirit of God hasn't used eternal conscious torment to draw people to Himself, but but again, the bottom line is, and I know y'all are going to agree with this because we're all biblical men and women in this room. I think, you know, the bottom line is is not what's the best evangelism tool. The bottom line is what is true. What I mean is the duck or the rabbit true? Is it eternal conscious torment or is it? Death. What, what is the penalty that God is going to impose on the lost? Now, and I know I've given you a positive case, and we haven't even, we haven't even dealt with the biblical exegesis. I know that. But next week we will, and we'll look at those verses, and, and I'll try to help uh, explain them from both perspectives. Yes, sir. What happens to, to fallen angels and Satan and, and all those in the spiritual realm? And, and some folks, and again, People are, even conditionalists and traditionalists are not monolithic. What I mean by that is everybody doesn't believe exactly the same thing, right? So some conditionalists would say that Satan and his angels will be consciously, eternally tormented, right? My personal conviction is since they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire, and the lake of fire is the second death, and the last enemy destroyed is death, I, I, and I think in, in the biblical picture of, that God paints in the scriptures of of all things being put under Christ, my personal perspective is that they'll be destroyed, you know, just like everyone else's, and all evil will be eradicated. So um, there, there won't be in, in heaven when we're with God in the new heavens and new earth. I don't think there's going to be us, you know, looking over there or even thinking about my brother over there being tormented. I, I, I think that those, I, at the picture I believe that God paints is, 
that they'll be destroyed. They will be no more. And so, I, you know, and we will look on them. We'll, and I'm going to give some of the verses. Away, I'll give, we're going to look on them with eternal shame. I mean, they, they will have died uh, with eternal contempt against them. They're not feeling eternal contempt, but we'll have eternal contempt against uh, against those who have uh, rejected Christ. In other words, so I guess maybe I guess maybe we will always remember, you know, maybe we always will remember, but all evil will be gone. So I would say Satan will be destroyed, but not all conditionalists would, would, so, would hold to that. You know, Father, Anne always reminds me that, you know, it, it is what it is, Lord. I mean, you know, our, you, you told us it's to our glory to seek things out, so it's to our glory to understand truth and seek to know it, but... Whether we get it right or whether we don't get it right, it doesn't change what is. What is, is what is. And Lord, we, uh, we do thank you that, um, that how, however judgment comes, it will be righteous, Lord, and we can trust you in that. And, and Lord, however it is, Lord, we do know that for those of us that are in Christ, we have been and are made immortal in Christ. And not only that, we were made righteous, blameless, holy. We are adopted as your sons and we are receiving the inheritance of the new heavens and new earth and all that you've got prepared for those who love you. So, Lord, we're just we're excited and hopeful and, and all that. But, Lord, teach us truth. Lord, help us to ponder these things. And uh, especially next week as we look at the Scripture, give us, you know, just, just help, us to, help us to see both the, the rabbit and the duck in this particular case. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. This message has been brought to you by Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. And if you'd like to learn more about our church, please visit us on the web at www.baconscastle.com.